that's the challenge. You can be successful all on the outside, all you want to be, but it's the inside. Like when you go home and it's time to go to sleep, like how do you feel? Do you feel happy? Do you feel fulfilled or do you feel empty? To me, that's more important than anything on the outside. So like I said, I'm looking at, uh, you look at people and you're like, oh, they're successful, they're successful. I'll never be that way, never be that way. But if I had a conversation with you and you said to me, well, Vanetta, you know, I'm having these feelings and I, 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 this is what I go through and what I experience. Now that allows me to say, oh, I can be like her or I can be successful. It, you know, opens that up for me. Welcome to the Rebel Souls podcast, where we flip the middle finger to the status quo. I'm your host, Shelly Paxton, lifelong rebel, liberator of souls, and author of Soulbatical, a corporate rebel's guide to finding your best life. Settle in as we dive deep with badass leaders who are rebelling for what matters most in life, business, and the world at large. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get this revolution started. Hello and welcome back, my fellow rebel souls. Oh man, this conversation is the culmination of one of those experiences that can best be described as, you know, when you're someplace and you're like, you finally realize that the reason you thought you were there or the reason you thought you were having that experience is actually completely different that the real reason that you're there or that you're having this experience was so that you could maybe learn a different lesson or have a big insight or meet someone who's going to rock your world or anything else. I love those moments in life. They're proof that we're not really in control of this journey. And we can't even imagine the incredible possibilities and that this is why we step into the things that come our way, because they're there to show us something. They're there to help us see something or learn something about ourselves or others, or maybe even just reinforce why we're doing the work in the world that we're doing. And meeting Vanetta Wade at a Humans First event that I co-hosted with my dear friend, Mike Vacanti, who will hopefully very soon be on the podcast. Man, meeting her was like, oh, this is why Mike and I decided to, in the midst of COVID, put on an outdoor, socially distanced event to bring some beautiful souls together and have really inspiring conversation about change. And I found this beautiful soul sitting next to me who I'd never met before and was just entranced by her story. And after listening to her talk, I mean, this is someone, I mean, I, I looked at her, first of all, she looks like a model. She actually said in this conversation that she has done some modeling and I'm not surprised. But what I was really attracted to her was her just about her was her, her beauty and her courage and her vulnerability and her resilience. It was the gorgeousness from the inside out that just struck me. And I was so, I was just so taken. And I was like, I need to know this woman. And I immediately, after listening to her and just soaking in everything she's been through, and she talks about this in the conversation, I mean, her struggles from 
you know, growing up as a very young girl to, with a mom who's addicted to drugs, who was coping with her own trauma, who lost her own mom very early on, and having a lot of trauma in the family. So she left her family at age 14 and went out on her own and then found herself pregnant at age 16 and really a single mom raising her daughter for the majority of her life. And she takes us on that journey, what it was like and how she had the courage and the strength and the resilience and the mindset to put one foot in front of the other to change her story and bring an end to that generational trauma that was really frankly that we we all have on some level but i you know i can't say that i've experienced anything to the extent of what Vanetta's been through and i'm so grateful that she's speaking up and telling her story and she's become well, she's an information technology consultant at a Fortune 500 company. So she has made something of herself. She has defined her own success. And because of her journey, she's become a coach. She actually calls herself a journey coach. She's sharing her story in a really open and honest and vulnerable way with other people to say, you're not alone. I mean, similar to what I've done in sharing Soulbatical and my experiences at Harley as an executive looking like I had it all together from the outside. Her story is quite different from mine, and yet we can relate to the power of sharing our stories and how we help other people not to feel alone and how we can create community around it and inspire others to rewrite their own stories. And so it's, it's amazing. So she takes us on her journey, talks about you know a, a beautiful community she's founded called Must Mothers United to Save Our Teens. She basically created the community that she needed, that she wanted for herself and her daughter, which became a community that helped so many people and was only the beginning of her journey being a lighthouse in helping others as they, as they face their own challenges and struggles. So you're going to love this because she's also a newly published author. She has a book out in the world that is called, let me read this, Proceed Through the Uncomfortable, which is basically the title of her life, when you listen to the story that she shares with us, 52 Mindful Journal Reminders to Inspire You on Your Journey. And she's taken her learnings and lessons from the mindset she's adapted over time. And she talks about how she's rebelling for internal success, meaning being true to yourself and aligned with what matters most to you. And also for her granddaughter, and I got to talk to her while she was in Houston with her daughter and granddaughter and what that means to her and how she's modeling this life for her granddaughter who's almost two years old, but her vision for what she wants for all of us and how she's living into that in particular because she wants her granddaughter to understand her worth and her value and how much she's loved. You guys, I, I have goosebumps just talking about this. So I don't want to give away any more of the conversation. I just wanted to give you some perspective on Vanetta and what 
an incredible human she is. What a beautiful soul. And that, you know what? We go through life with our eyes open and we're just curious and open to whatever and whomever might come into our path. We meet people like Vanetta and then we get to share them. So I'm really honored to share this conversation with all of you and I really hope it inspires you as much as it does me. And we talk at the end of the episode about another episode that I'm going to have her on because I'm going to do a special episode with a panel of some of my favorite women of color and have a conversation around racial justice and get a little deeper into the topic and and what we can be doing to blaze trails and be good allies and co-conspirators. So stay tuned. There's so much juicy goodness in this episode. So let's dive into my conversation with Vanetta. Enjoy. Before we begin, I want to share an offering from my soul to yours. If you've achieved traditional success only to realize that you're living someone else's dream, then this will start you on a profound journey toward becoming chief soul officer of your own life, just like I did. I'm gifting you a free chapter from my book, Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It's called Liberating from the Shackles of Should. And if you're ready to, then visit soulbatical.com to download it for free. That's S-O-U-L-B-B-A-T-I-C-A-L.com. Warning, side effects include intense joy and fulfillment. Hello, I'm so excited to dive into this conversation with my new friend and already like soul sister extraordinaire, Vanetta. Welcome. Hey, Shelly. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh my gosh, of course. Since the first time you and I spoke and met each other on the, at the Humans First event that Mike Vacanti and I did here in Chicago, and you were the brave soul who showed up, you didn't know anyone, and I felt like we were like, oh my God, we were part of the same tribe, and you told your story, and I just remember feeling deeply impacted and inspired by what you shared, and I remember looking over at you going, oh my God, will you please say yes to being on my podcast? And thank yes. God you did. Yes, and I was so excited about that. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> hey, so thank you for joining me. You know that the first question I always ask is, what are you rebelling for? Okay, so I'm rebelling for what I like to call internal growth and for my granddaughter. Oh, okay. I know you're with your granddaughter right now. So you and I got to chit chat before this and you're spending time with your daughter and your granddaughter in Houston, right? Yes. yes. Okay. I love that you're in the midst of this because I know how precious they are to you and especially your granddaughter. Tell me a little bit more about rebelling for your granddaughter. What does that mean? Like take us out into the future of like what you want for her and how that's inspiring the work that you do. Okay, so when I say that I'm rebelling for my granddaughter, what I'm doing is doing my uncomfortable work 
and putting myself out there and getting out of my comfort zone and just going on my own journey of like self-discovery, of being intentional and things like that, understanding who I am, how powerful I, I can be. And it's something that I had to learn as I became a grown woman. And I want my daughter or my granddaughter to already have a sense of that. So I want to pass down that sense of self, sense of confidence, and all those things to her so that she won't have to start over. Like I had to start from scratch. I didn't, I didn't get that from my mom, how to be confident or be intentional or go after what you want to go after. I pretty much had to tread my own way. So it was like, it was a struggle. It was, it, like I said, I'm just really getting it at the age of almost 50. So I really want to give her a head start. So that's what I'm doing, doing the uncomfortable work so that when she becomes of age, she already knows who she is. And so that it won't, it won't be so painful for her like it was for me. Oh, amen. And I want to dig into your story a little bit because learning so much about you really, really deeply impacted me and inspired me, like I said before. But I'm really curious, like, what are you sharing with your granddaughter? Especially, I know you FaceTime with her all the time and you have a really close relationship, but I'm curious, like, how are you exposing her to this journey and the work you're doing? Is it simply being a role model for, you know, being brave and bold and, and doing what you're doing, have the courage to do what you're doing? What does it look like? Well, she's only a year and a half right now. Almost. She's a baby. She's a baby. <laughs> But I think the main thing is the love, the love that I share with my daughter and I share with her. That's a big piece of it because I, although I knew my mom loved me, her mom died at the age of 12. So it was trauma. She lived a life of trauma. She never got any therapy or anything of it for it. And so we lived in that trauma with her. So even though she survived it, some of the scoping mechanisms that she used really impacted us in a negative way. So it, it caused me to not like not be confident or to have low self-esteem or to not believe in myself and things like that. So I had to, because in the beginning, I was pretty much doing the same thing to my daughter. And at some point I realized what it was, that it wasn't healthy, it wasn't productive. So I had to actually go on a journey of really rectifying that. And I, you know, did therapy. And then eventually, you know, as I learned more about what it was, I started coaching other parents and teens and things like that through my nonprofit. But the main thing is, is showing her love, letting, letting her know that she's okay, letting her know that she's perfect, allowing her to explore, just being positive and saying positive things, reaffirming her and things like that, because that goes a long way in anyone's life. When people feel loved and they feel supported, they tend to do better. They tend to make more, you know, make goals and reach goals and things like that because they know that someone is rooting for them and someone has their best interests at heart. So it kind of just allows them to go further. So uh, it's so it's so beautiful what you said because we don't, I mean, it, it is the simple things, right? We mm -hmm. the simple things of like knowing and being reminded and getting everyday reinforcement that we are enough. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's exactly, exactly what you're saying. We are enough as who we are. We are beautiful as who we are. And just reinforcing that message. I mean, we need more and more of that in the world. I know. That's what's missing in a lot of people. I know what's missing in me. 
And when you talk to people, like when I talk to people, coaching clients and things like that, I realize that that's what it is. Making that connection is something that someone said to them years ago that they're believing something negative, like they aren't enough or they'll never be anything or they can't reach a goal or something like that. So just making that more of a positive thing because we believe what we hear, especially from the people that we love. So if you're hearing, hearing positive things from someone you love, it goes a long way. Yes, you are enough. You can do it. I'm beautiful. Just, you know, kind of those self affirmations and trying to overcome maybe some of the negative things that you've heard in your life, like I had to do. So, yeah. And what I love about your story is that you are truly trying to bring an end to generational trauma. Generational trauma is very real. And some people may know what I'm talking about. Others won't. I'm actually going to find some links to put in the show notes. And if you have any suggestions for people to get familiar with this, but guys, this is real. The idea that we, we carry that trauma from our parents, from their parents, and we pass it down in ways that oftentimes we're not even aware of. And I love that your journey was becoming aware of that trauma that had been passed to you and that you were starting to pass to your children. And you're like, no, I'm going to end this. I'm going to choose to stand up and do the hard work to bring this to an end and change, like rewrite the ending to this story for my granddaughter. Exactly. And that started when my daughter became a teenager and we had moved to a new community where we didn't know anyone. And she was going to high school for the first time. And so I realized some behaviors that I was concerned about. And then it was more of conflict because like I said, like the way my mom dealt with me, it was more in a conflict way. It wasn't more in a supportive way. And so that's how I was coming at my daughter, like just being very, it it was unproductive. That's really what it was, like not really trying to understand what she was going through, but just really focused on what I wanted her to do, like being a control freak or, you know, for lack of a better term right now, but um, being a control freak and just saying, this is what I want you to do, how I want you to do it, and when I want you to do it. And so it was really unproductive. So she was rebelling against that. And so we had this conflict and I just didn't know what to do. So I found myself struggling because I was looking around at all the other parents and everyone seemed to have it under control, but they pretty much gave their kids the freedom to do what whatever. I was concerned about that because I had her when I was 16 years old. So my biggest thing was I do not want her to do the same thing I did and have to carry so much pain and have to go through so much to get to where she wanted to be in life. So because I didn't have the tools, I didn't learn it at home. I left home at the age of 14. I got into it with my mom for the last time. I left home. And shortly after that, I got pregnant. So I didn't have any tools on how to how to parent or do anything like that. And so that's when I remember going to the church across the street. No one was there, but I remember just walking across the street and saying, God, why am I going through this? Like, help me. This is a lot because I love my daughter and I knew that I wanted her to be successful and do the right things. I just didn't know how to bring it out of her. And so that's where it started. And then we ended up doing counseling with a local preacher. And eventually I started learning that Oh, okay. So this is her point of view. And she was able to see my point of view. And then through that, I learned that it doesn't have to be that way because oftentimes we think that because we were raised a certain way, that that's how we should be. We, we don't know that there are options. You get to make choices. 
I didn't know that. I was just who I was based on where I came from. And so through that process, I learned that it doesn't have to be this way. And you can actually, there are tools and there's things that you can do to try to get better. And so that's what, that's kind of what started that journey of, you know, turning that whole situation around and how I was dealing with my child. Yeah, I, I love it. I know you are a big advocate for the fact that we've got the power to change our stories. Mm -hmm. This is what you've been doing since you were 14 years old, 16 years old, becoming, yes. becoming a mom at 16 years old. I mean, I can't even pretend to imagine the the challenges around that and and the all of these things have added up to you realizing like i mean you you have resilience that is is just like i i feel when i felt you tell your story for the first time i was like oh man we can all learn from this woman because from the beginning you had this belief that you could change the outcome even though you know you know the path that your mom was on you know your mom losing her mom at such a young age all of that so can you talk a little bit about that journey for you and kind of how you realized you could start to rewrite your story and where that led you you know because that was the beginning of where you are today in a radically different space you know starting to undo that trauma yeah and it's funny because when i left home at the age of 14 i had no plan i just i, I left and i was just living wherever i could over my cousin's house over this person's house i even lived with my dad's cousin and i ran away from there because she was so strict but i just you know but the thing was I was always told that education will make a difference in my life, that education is key. And so I always had that in the back of my head. So even when I was, you know, living from home to home, I would still go to school. Like I was still serious about my education and, you know, and that type of thing. And then when I ended up getting pregnant, that really lit the fire under me because I'm like, I want to have a better life. I want to provide a better life for my daughter. And so there's no way that I'm going to, I can't live like this. So I really did. I ended up going to a alternative school for girls. So I went there and then I ended up going back. So the, 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 to back it up a little bit, once I got pregnant and, you know, that thing, I was still kind of living from place to place. And then when I was going to have my baby, when I was going to the hospital, at that time, I was living with one of my girlfriends who told me that her mom said, when I have my baby, I cannot live there. So at this point, I'm, I'm homeless. So I ended up, you know, talking to my boyfriend about, I don't know what to do with this baby. I don't have a place to go. I don't have anywhere to live. And he told me that he was going to ask his parents if I can stay with them. So I was like really embarrassed. I remember praying to God, like, please help me, you know. And so when he, um, when he went to ask them about that, they said, yes. Yeah. So they came and got me. So that gave me a foundation to have a stable place to live so that I could finish school. So I finished high school and I was very excited about that because I, I didn't like when I was going to graduate, I thought something was going to happen because I was, I couldn't believe that like I really this this good thing is happening to me and so you know I then I went on to go to college and I didn't know I kind of figured my way out as I went along I didn't have anyone to say oh you should go to college or you should go here or anything like that and no one around me had gone to college so this was me figuring this thing out as I went along and so I ended up enrolling at the local university Chicago State University which I'm so grateful for so I went there 
there and I ended up uh, staying there, just, you know, figuring things out with my daughter because eventually I left her dad's house. I, I left there and I had to kind of figure out things on my own because we weren't getting along and it was just becoming, beginning to be a toxic relationship. And so I finished college and I was so excited about that. And so that gave me an opportunity to get a good job. You know, my degree was in computer science. So I was able to step into corporate America and have a stable income and things like that, which gave me an opportunity to live in a better environment, you know, to place my daughter in a better environment. So those things, me seeing other things, me being around other people in college, me being in a corporate environment around other people, that kind of gave me some insight to like look at my life and look at the lives of people around me to say, okay, you know, there are some things that you can do. There are some things you can change. And then just being around different people, it just kind of changes you anyway. It changes your perspective. And so, like I said, so once we, you know, started going through the journey of the high school and the teenage journey, that's when I really I felt like it, it was a painful period for me. And at the same time, like after we did the the counseling and things like that, it still, it was, a, it, it helped, but it wasn't enough. I still needed more help. And so what I did was I decided to reach out to the community and ask, hey, are other parents experiencing what I'm experiencing? Can we get together? Can we help one another? And so... I ended up, you know, going to talk to the principal of my daughter's high school, asking if I could, you know, start a program where parents are getting support, teens are getting support, because I know that, you know, they're learning, you know, history and math and things like that, but they're not learning how to cope with their parents or deal with, you know, issues that peer pressure and things like that. And so I ended up getting permission to do that. And so my intention was for me to get help as well as, as give help. And it really, that really changed because now my daughter was able to see other teens that were experiencing what she was experiencing. And I was able to see other parents experiencing what I was experiencing. And now you can, you can always look at someone else's life and say, all they have to do is this and that. You know, but you can't look at your own life like that. But, but now we're able to see it. We're able to see, oh, well, if that parent just did this and she's able to see, oh, if that daughter just did that, then maybe things will be better. So it started changing the way we looked at each other and how we interacted with, with each other. And it also allowed me to help so many other families. And so it was just a beautiful thing. So that that's another thing that really changed the direction of where my previous, you know, experience with my mom was. So it, it changed because I really wanted it to change. And then I found a way to make it change. And I found a support to also make it change. So. Yeah, there's, oh, there's so much goodness. I mean, I wish we had like three hours to, un <laughs> to unpack I'm, all And I'm trying to this. put it all together and, you know. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You're doing a brilliant job. That's not, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not, it's more, it's more, you know, from my perspective, I'm like, oh, man, I was literally sitting there listening to you and just feeling into it and thinking, there's so many directions I would love to take this and and I want to be mindful of time. So here's the thing, like two things that you touched on that I really want to put a finer point on. This whole idea that our pain often becomes our purpose. Yes. 
And I think it's so beautiful that that's what your journey has become. That was your pain. It was your, you know, it was your struggle to say, how do I shift the direction? How do I create this relationship? How can I learn? Because I don't yet have the tools and the experience to do this. And from that, you end up creating, you didn't say the name of the organization, so I'll say it for you. You end up creating MUST, which is Mothers United to Save Our Teens. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, and and I'm a huge believer, I guess this is kind of the second piece I wanted to put a point on. I'm a huge believer that the community we create around us means everything. It will up-level us. For us to say, I choose who I am spending my time with because I want to be challenged and inspired and educated and you know, many of the things, like I want to choose the people who are going to take me in the direction I want to head, or at the very least, hold me and support me in taking steps in, you know, toward that direction. And that's exactly what you did. You created that from scratch for yourself. That's a huge lesson for all of us. Yes. Yes. It was difficult because in the beginning, and, and this is and this is this would be a good lesson for everyone too, because in the beginning, when I was starting Must Mothers United to Save Our Teens, actually it was something that I tried to do with some of the other parents within my circle, like my sisters, my cousins, and just people who had started being parents of teens. So the teenagers, they were preteens and teens within our community. And I wanted to help them because at that time, my daughter wasn't a teenager. So I just heard the stories of, you know, they're not doing this and they're not coming home and they're starting to do that. And I'm like, let's just kind of have a community a community for them, like, so they can have a voice. And so we did it for a while and I thought it was really good and the kids did enjoy it. But after a while, the parents kind of just stopped investing. And so it really didn't go anywhere after that. So when I wanted to start it in, at the local high school where my daughter was going, in the beginning, it was difficult because I would, I would reach out. This was before I got permission from the um, principal. I would reach out and no one, no one would respond. I would go and I would pass off flyers and I was trying to, because I didn't really know anybody in the, in the community. So I was just passing off flyers and passing out water bottles and just trying to, you know, get some attention and say, hey, let's do this. And no one would show up. I would get a space at the fire, the local fire station and go get food and no one would show up. And I didn't give up because I felt like there was something in my soul that said, you can do this and you need to do this and you need this and someone else needs this. And so I kept going and kept trying and kept trying it. And eventually when I got an opportunity to talk to the principal about it and she allowed me to do it, uh, it really changed. It really changed my life and it changed other people's lives. So that's just what I want to point out there is that never give up. If there's something that you feel like is in your soul to do, just keep doing it. And then eventually it will become something beautiful, which is like what my organization became. Because I know we'd help so many families along the way. Yeah, that's soul calling. I mean, any anybody and everybody who listens to this and, and knows me and my work knows that I'm big on that. Like sitting still long enough to listen deeply to what our soul is telling us. And we mm. get those nudges. All of us, we get the whispers, we get the shout. Sometimes we get the big two by four that's smacking us saying, you can't ignore this anymore. Like it's screaming at us and it's scary. Yes. It's totally scary. So how did you find that courage to keep taking the step forward? I don't know. Once I felt it, it's like when you feel something in your gut, 
you have to go with it. If there's something in your gut and you don't go with it, nine times out of 10, you're making a mistake and you're going to learn that it's a mistake. So I've learned as a young mom, when you think about it, like I had to learn so much at a young age. I had to, like I was on the bus, like I was working, I was going to school, I was on the bus. I learned so much just through that struggle of being a a young mom trying to like finish school and stuff like that, that I've learned to listen to my gut. Like, cause when I didn't, I noticed that things didn't go right. And when I did, things went right. So for me, I was sure that what my gut tells me that I need to do. And so that's what it was. I felt it and I knew that, no, I'm, I'm experiencing this for a reason. And so that's what happens when it's in my gut, I'm going to keep doing it no matter how painful it is, even if it looks like it's not going to work out. Even if no one else believes it, even when I'm standing on an island by myself, I'm going to just keep at it because it's in my gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's so often I, I have a favorite quote and I'm not going to do a good job of, of citing the exact words of the quote, but it's from Ana East Nin and it's in my and it's in my book and it talks about how we really don't take those steps forward until the risk to stay tight in a bud is greater than the risk to blossom. Oh, yes. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So often I did this. This was my story. It sounds like it was part of your story. Like the risk to take, you know, we just, we just stay in, you know, or we stay sitting on that nail Mm -hmm. and the pain isn't in the pain isn't great enough to get us off the nail. The pain isn't great enough for us to risk what it's going to take to blossom until it is. Yes, that is so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's you, your story is a a really gorgeous example of exactly that, right? Because it's just like, this isn't going to get me anywhere. And yet, you know, our, our brains and our egos tell us stories about, you know, how scary it is. And So I'm curious, I would love to to get into the second part of what you said you're rebelling for. So you said internal growth. I've also heard you talk about it as internal success. Mm-hmm. And you, because you've learned so much as, you know, being away from home, you know, having to create your own life on your own terms as a young single mom, you know, the resilience and the mindset and the courage that it's taken along the way have led you to, I mean, you have a phenomenal corporate career. You're still in the, you're still in, what is it, the computer sciences, like the info, you're in the technology. IT information. Yeah, information technology. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Those were the words I was searching (laughs) for. Hello. The (laughs) IT space. Exactly. I'm like, wait, computer sciences, that feels like the old way to say it. That's dating me. (laughs) Because I beat you to 50, girlfriends. (laughs) So you've got this great career in the IT space that you've built, you know, since putting yourself through college and, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and you started to apply everything that you've learned in this journey of yours to becoming a coach. And you, that has also led you to write your very first book, which came out recently. It's called Proceed Through the Uncomfortable, which I think you've given us some pretty good (laughs) (laughs) indication that life was pretty effing uncomfortable for you for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's Proceed Through the Uncomfortable, 52 Mindful Journal Reminders to Inspire You on Your Journey. 
And I would love for you to take us through, like, first of all, what does it mean when you say internal growth and internal success? And how is that in the, you know, how has that led you to what you put in the book? And what can we learn? What are some examples? When I say internal, internal success, I think about when I was on my journey or when I was going through my struggle of being a single mom and, you know, trying to finish school and just trying to make sure that I was provided for my daughter and that, you know, doing the right things as a parent, you know, making sure she was fed and things like that and going to work and things like that. I felt like I was on autopilot. So I went from, you know, a teen, so I was this teenage mom at the age of 16. And once you become a parent, it's like you're on autopilot because you're, I got to go here. I, gotta, I have to do this. I have to do that. And like I had mentioned before, I didn't have a car. So I was always on the bus. So I was always having, I got to get here at this time. If I miss this bus, I'm going to miss that. And so it was just this autopilot thing. And so you continue that throughout the entire, to me, parenting experience because you have to take them here. You have to take them there. You got to go to work. You have to cook dinner. You have to, you know, pick this up. It's like you're just kind of going. And so since the age of 16, that's what I was doing. I mean, I'm sure that I was growing, but I didn't understand what internal success really meant until my son, because I had a son as well. So he had gone away to college. So my daughter was had already, she graduated from college, had her, has her master's degree. She moved to Houston. Yay. So, you know, she's good. <laughs> Thank you. And so now my son... He was leaving. He was going to uh, Big Ten University to play football. And, you know, that was his dream. And that was all great. So imagine me going to, you know, drop him off at football practice and all this stuff. So it was just like going and going and going and going. And then once he left and it got quiet, I didn't have to take anyone anywhere. I didn't have to, you know, totally parent or be in the house with a kid anymore. I It kind of got quiet. And so that's when I started thinking about, and it was like all through my life, I always saw women who I felt like I wanted to be like, they were like, just, I didn't, they just looked like they were successful, you know? And so I always wanted to be like that. And even though people would look like, look at me and say, well, she's successful. It was something on the inside that I felt like they had that I didn't have. And so once my son went away to college and I was on this journey of, okay, what's next? Like, what am I doing? It, it kind of, you know, and then this is when I started, you know, I became a life coach. That was one of the things I did. Cause I know that my daughter and I, she's a therapist and we had talked about working together to really help families, you know, through that struggle that we went through and things like that. And so I decided I'm going to become a coach so that I can have experience in coaching. And so, and you, you know, you have experience as a therapist, but anyway, so I decided to become a coach. And as I was going through this journey, I started just posting like inspirational things. Like I was on my journey and it was things that were helping me quotes and things like that, or some things I was experiencing. And I was trying to inspire myself as well as inspire others. And so I started posting on social media 
And I started getting like people saying, oh, you know, a, a lot of good responses. Like that was so inspirational. Thank you. I love, and I called them Mindful Mondays. So I love your Mindful Mondays and things like that. And so, and then eventually I started posting it on all of the social media platforms. And when I got to LinkedIn, I was a little nervous because that's where you have like your AVPs and your VPs and your senior vice president. Every, everybody is out there on LinkedIn. So it's like me kind of exposing myself and being vulnerable about this journey that I'm on. But funny part is that I would see people at work or someone would text me and say, oh, that's so inspirational. I love your Mindful Mondays. And I'm like, okay, I didn't even know that you saw it because I, you know, you never get responses on LinkedIn. You're kind of just like, you don't know, but you just continue to do it. So that was really inspiring me. It helped me. And then I started to really feel my confidence. I started to really feel like looking at my journey, like, wow, you really came through some things. Like, you know some things. Like, your knowledge is solid. And so I started looking at the things that I had gone through, and it became a sense of strength for me. And again, it was building my confidence. So now I'm feeling this internal success. So, and I've always been an authentic person. So it wasn't like I was, you know, being fake or phony and acting like I was someone else. It was just that that's just where I was. I, I had everything, but I hadn't tapped into what was inside of me. And so this is what that journey allowed me to do. And so those, those uh, quotes and everything else were helping me too. They were helping me to grow. And so now I started to feel this internal success. And then I'm like, I'm very confident, you know? And so that was helping myself. It was helping my clients. It was helping coworkers and friends and family. And I felt like this is great. And so then one day, one of my colleagues, one of the board members, colleagues of the American Cancer Society, she told me we were at an event and she said, you should write a Mindful Monday book. And I looked at her and I'm like, okay, because people have told me over the years, you should write a book. You should write a book about parents and you should write a book about your life. And I'm like, okay, okay. And so I, <laughs> I didn't think much about it, but then she looked at me and she said, no, I told her, I said, well, I plan to write a book with one of my friends who's a PhD. Cause I had just recently was, I had asked one of my friends if she wants to write a book. And she said, yeah, it's about parenting and just kind of that whole thing. And she said, no, you need to write a book. And I'm like, Okay. I felt it in my gut. I felt it deep down in my soul. And I'm like, okay, I need to do this because it was really helping people. Like people will tell me that. And I feel, and, and, and that is my intention. My intention is to help other people on their journey. Like I call myself the journey coach. I want to help other people because there were people that helped me along the way. And I feel like that really changed my life. And if you can help someone along the way, it can, it's, it's a life changer for someone else. And so I went on, I, I went about the business of how do I write a book? Again, I didn't know anyone around me who wrote a book. I didn't know where to start, you know, so I started doing research and then eventually I, I, I had a friend of mine who I didn't know wrote a book. And then in the conversations, I learned that he wrote a book. So I was able to ask him questions here and there, but I went on this journey of how do I do this? How do I make Mindful Monday post into a book, you know? And so I said, first of all, I need to share my background. Who am I? Why should they listen to me? And so that's when I kind of shared, shared my journey of, you know, leaving home early, becoming a parent, you know, and all the things that happened there. And I kind of, I didn't make it too long. I just kind of gave an introduction enough for you to know who I am. And then I came up with, yeah, let me take 52 of these and, and allow them to be journal entries for people that, so that they can explore their lives on their journey. So when I'm sharing like, 
well, this is how I feel about this, or this is what I was experiencing. So what are you experiencing at this point? And how can you, you know, help other people? So it's just different questions that I came up with to try to get readers to think about their lives as they're on their journey. And it was so helpful. This journey helped me so much. It really built my confidence. It really just made me feel like everything that it, it kind of came full circle for me. It was like everything that you experienced is this is why you experienced it because you need to help other people who's on a journey and they don't understand it. They're just, some of them are in pain and some of them are confused just like I was, but it's, it's, it's going to allow them to take a look and say, Hey, okay. So this pain may be a part of my purpose. Oh, okay. So that's what it was. Her pain became her purpose. She struggled with this. She struggled with that. And the one thing, the, one of the things I wanted to, I was excited about writing this book is that sometimes success intimidates people. So you can see someone who, oh, she went to Harvard or she was a CEO. And so that's intimidating. So just because you did that, don't, that doesn't inspire me because look what you did. You were a CEO or you went to Harvard or you went to this great school. You came from a great family. And for me, I didn't. I came from a broken family. My mom was on, on drugs. Like she went through what she went through with her mom, you know, and then she, you know, then she had kids. And then, so there was trauma there. And so to deal with her trauma, eventually it led her to drugs, you know? So I'm a teenager. My mom is on drugs. You know, my daddy, you know, we have a good relationship, but he doesn't know what to do or how to help me and all those things. And so I ended up, you know, being a, a single mom. A lot of people can relate to that. I, you know, I went to a school that it wasn't a great school. You know, a lot of people can relate to that. I had to struggle and figure it out on my own. A lot of people can relate to that. So I felt like this was going to help the people who are intimidated by other people's success because they can see, oh no, I started like way down here and if I can do it, you can do it. So that was the, that's what I was excited about to show them. And I'm opening myself up to say, well, yeah, I wasn't feeling confident about this and I had to learn how to feel confident. So if you're not feeling confident, don't worry, you can feel confident too. So it, so I'm excited about the book because it allows me to put everything, well, not everything, but a lot of the things that I had to go through and a lot of things that I learned along the way, along the way into a book that is easy to read and so it will help a lot of people which I've gotten feedback and I'm so excited about the fact that it is helping people so. oh, I want before we dig in because I want you to share some of the you know the examples from your book and I think they'll just be really good really good inspiration for our fellow rebel souls I want to celebrate you I want to celebrate your courage and your vulnerability and the way you have stepped up to sharing this story, your story with the world so you can help others. I mean, it, it to me, that is, whew, that is, I don't even have the words. I mean, it's so powerful what you're doing and it's so honorable and I'm just, I'm, I'm in awe and I'm so grateful that you're doing that because that's what more of us, more of us need to do. The way to you know, foster deep human connection with each other is to share our stories. And that part that we might feel some shame about, that part we might feel oh, yes. embarrassed about, that part we might think nobody else is experiencing this but me. I'm alone in this journey. Mm -hmm. You're not. Yes. And that's what I'm so, I'm just so grateful that you are stepping up and modeling how to share your story and how to do it in a really vulnerable way that will that changed your life and will change other people's lives. So thank you for that. 
Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, for everyone listening, I can't, I mean, I can't emphasize enough how I feel exactly the same way, Vanetta, from having written my book and deciding to write it in a really raw and candid and vulnerable way because I thought it's way too easy, like you said, the whole success is intimidating piece. Man, that just hit me. That hit me so hard when you said it because it would be really easy to say, oh, well, you were chief marketing officer of Harley-Davidson. Everything looks perfect. You have the great life or you're so privileged or whatever. Well, yeah, I have a lot of good privilege and fortune in my life. My story is not your story. And yet I wanted to share what was going on in the inside on the inside because that's often what we don't see because we don't share it because it's really freaking scary. That is so true. And, and I love it. I love that you're vulnerable and authentic and that you put that in your book because it is like, we'll look at you and say, well, she's expected to be successful. Like she, you know, but not like you said, no one knows what you're dealing with internally. And that's the biggest challenge is, and that's why I say I'm rebelling internal success because that's the challenge. You can be successful all on the outside, all you want to be, but it's the inside. Like when you go home and it's time to go to sleep, like how do you feel? Do you feel happy or do you feel, do you feel fulfilled or do you feel empty? Like, you know, that to me, that's more important than anything on the outside. So revealing, cause like, like I said, I'm looking at, you look at people and you're like, oh, they're successful, they're successful. I'll never be that way, never be that way. But if I had a conversation with you and you said to me, well, Vanetta, you know, I'm having these feelings and I, 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 this is what I go through and what I experience. Now that allows me to say, oh, I can be like her or I can be successful. It, it, it kind of just, you know, opens that up for me. And, and yeah. so thank you for writing your book and helping oh. so many people as well. So, Thanks. And I'm so, yeah. I'm so glad the universe brought you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so <laughs> glad the universe brought you and I together. So I have, I just want to pick up on what you were just saying. So you've heard me say this, I think that I've redefined success to say, I want to be successful as in F. Uh -huh. LL success with fulfillment, which yes. comes from the inside out. It's not on anybody else's terms. It's on your terms. And what mm -hmm. does that mean for you specifically? You know, aligned with your values, aligned with what you're rebelling for, aligned yes. with what lights your soul up and, you know, checks in with your gut intuition. So I'm curious, like when you finish a day, I know you share that definition. You know, we may speak about it in different language, but we're both rebelling for something very similar. Yes. How do you check in at the end of a day? You know, what, what, you know, how, what question do you, do you have a question you ask yourself or a way you check in to say, yeah, am I staying true to, you know, my, my soul and what my, and my calling and my, what I'm rebelling for in the world? How do you, how do you stay on track? Well, I really, I don't have a routine. I think that and this may be different for everyone else. I think I'm connected to my soul and my spirit. I, I'm like, I'm connected to it. And I just feel, I think for me, when I'm not connected to it, I feel off. So mm -hmm. when I'm, when I'm connected to it and I know I'm doing the things that, you know, that honor my values and, and helps me to move forward in my purpose and things like that. I feel like I just feel good. I just feel I have peace. But when I do something or I say something that may, 
be against it or may not, or I don't know, that challenges it maybe is the best word to say, then I feel off. And then in those moments when I'm feeling off, I'll go back, I'll go to my spirit. I'll listen to some gospel music. I'll pray. I'll, I'll just, you know, just be quiet. I'll just talk to God, you know, because that's what it is for me. I'm connected to my spirit in that way, you know, and things like that. But I think the difference for me is that I kind of do that when I'm feeling like when I'm not having that peace. Otherwise, when I have peace, I just kind of go along and just be who I am and live authentically and just continue on my in my journey and in my purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes complete sense. And I love it. And I, you know, I think that coupled with what you said earlier about, you know, do I end the day feeling empty or am Mm -hmm. I ending the day feeling filled up? And I think that's a great lesson for all of us too, because it requires like, so often we're living in our heads, but Mm -hmm. that requires that we are, you know, we are in our bodies and we're getting curious. Like, do I feel filled up? And, Mm -hmm. And if so, why? Like what is helping? me feel filled up. And if I feel empty, same thing, get curious, investigate why and what do I want to stop doing? What's draining me of that energy or that emptiness within me? So I think those are both really powerful ways to just check in. Yes. I like how you put that. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, I do want to get to examples from the book because I think that'll be a nice place to leave. But I've got to ask you this question because I wrote a note earlier when you were talking about mentors. So Mm -hmm. you were talking about, you know, you were looking around, you saw other women who are like, oh, you know, I want to feel that way. I want Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, to, you know, maybe radiate that energy or do those kinds of things in the world. World. And I, I talked, I talk often and in, in the book about my personal board of directors. And I say, I don't know them. They don't know me yet. <laughs> wink, wink, <laughs> putting some good energy out in the universe. But I've got, you know, Oprah and Ariana Huffington and Michelle Obama and oh, yes. Tina Fey, who's like my, you know, comic and creative hero, and even Anthony Bourdain, who like RIP, I've just, I've always loved like his, his wanderlust and his creativity and his rebel soul. And so they're like the high watermark for me of authenticity and courage and purpose in the world. Mm-hmm. So I look to them as a way to say, okay, well, what would they do? You know, when I kind of come to these crossroads or these big mm-hmm. decisions, or even what I want to take on in, in my practice or in in my business. And I'm curious, how do you think about that for you? Like, who are your mentors? Do you have a personal board of directors? Internal or real? Like either way, vir- virtual <laughs> or real. I mean, I'm I'm super honest in saying mine's virtual, yeah. but it could be either. Like even yeah. mentors, and we don't have to necessarily know the people. I just want to emphasize like that we need these people on our journey, wh- whether yeah. it's virtual or real. Yeah. And ideally it's a combination of both. Yeah. But you know what? One of the a person that I love to follow who really it really speaks to my 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 soul and my spirit that has done it almost the entire time I was on my journey the last few years is Bishop T.D. Jakes. Ooh, he, okay. Have you heard of him before? No, I T.D. haven't. Jakes. So we're going to have to get a, a link to, will you give us a link to some of, like, can we hear him? Yeah, see, because for me, I come from a spiritual perspective. Like, for me, it's like, you know, 
it's not, it's not, I'm not, I don't really care about religion because religion is, you know, it's so many, you know, levels and it's, you know, it's this controversy over what's religion versus, you know, just, you know, being spiritual, whatever the case may be. But my, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that my values support, you know, my belief in God. And so what I'm doing, it, it, it supports that, that when I lay down at night, I can smile, I can have peace knowing that the decisions that I made kind of supports that. It doesn't go against, you know, not that I'm perfect because of course I, you know, make my mistakes, you know, I, I'm a sinner like, you know, everybody else and all that stuff. But T.D. Jakes is one of those people who not only is he a man of God and he comes from a, a spiritual perspective, he's a leader. And he is phenomenal. Like he pretty much explains like different levels of leadership. He 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 inspires you. He 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 motivates you. Like when it's when it when there's times when I'm feeling like okay, I'm feeling a little down. I need a little motivation. I'll go and I'll Google TD Jakes and I'll find something on confidence. Or I'll find something on friendship. Or I'll find something on leadership. It's, it doesn't matter. It's, it, he's just one of those people that I listen to often. And again, Oprah is uh, someone that is very inspirational too. I find some of her snippets and things like that. You mentioned Michelle Obama, Renee Brown, uh, all of those all of those people. I, I get something out of all of them. But the main person that I really, you know, like to listen to is T.D. Jakes, just on so many levels. Like when you listen to him, you get... Well, me, I get so inspired. I'm motivated. I feel like I can take over the world. And then in his story, he talks about, and this is really important. And it goes to like one of the, the first chapters, not a chapter, because it's, my book is not a chapter. It's like a page, you know, each page. And so it goes back to him talking about right now he leads a church of tens of thousands of people. But he talks about when he had a church and it was under 100 people. And he still had to preach. He still had to show up. He still had to work. He still had to, you know, act as if he already had a church of 10,000. He had to be, he had to be, what word am I looking for? I don't know. He, he just had to show up for the few. And so because he showed up for, for the few, you know, God blessed him with the thousands, yeah. you know? And so it kind of, because when, when people can come to your level of where you are, you tend to be able to relate to them more. So when he tells that story, he talks about where he was and I can relate to where he was and then where he is. And that kind of motivates me to know that, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Not that I'm trying to reach tens of thousands of people. I mean, that would be good, but that's not my purpose. My, pur my, my point is that it shows that wherever, whatever your goal is, you start where you are and then eventually, you know, doors open, you know, you get more knowledge, you become more of what it is that you're trying to be, you know, and those types of things. So yeah. So I know that was a long answer, but yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> and I cannot wait to listen. I'm always looking for new inspiration. TDJ. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. We're going to look him up. And if you have a, like a favorite, you know, inspirational like video or something of his, will you send it okay. to me and we'll put it yes. in the show notes? Yeah. But I, okay. A couple of things that I want to say in response to that. So one, thank you because I, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to check out someone new and I'm always looking to add to the inspiration roster. So uh -huh. that's yes. number one. Number two is, hell yes, you're going to influence tens of thousands of people. That is the journey <laughs> you're on. It. And yes. I want you to own it. Please. I need to own that. I agree. I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to say that I'm downplaying because I do want to reach as many people as I can, you know, but yeah, I thank you for 
corrected me on that. <laughs> I, yes, I'm owning it. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. And then, and then the other piece that I think is such a valuable lesson for all of us is show up as your future self. Exactly. Show up as who you want to be in the world. Like that is a calling to all of us every single day. It's really easy to get mired in our circumstances and caught up in, you know, the what ifs or the what isn't yeah. instead of the what is and what oh can God. be. Yes. And we can create that. Yeah, I have no doubt that the bishop created that because yes. of how he was showing up for his few. And that's why it became the many. My friend yes. Sally Lou Loveman, who was also on the podcast, she was Oprah's former audience producer. And she says, every day is show day. Yep. Show up like you are producing that show every day. Show up with that energy and that intent. And, yes. and yeah, just, just that love, love commitment. And that's exactly yes. what you just described. So yes. Another gold nugget for all of us. So let's do this. I would love for you to talk us through an exercise or two or prompt or two from your book that could really help all of us who, you know, we're human, right? We're on yeah. this journey until the day that we're not. And yes. we're, all, yes. we're all doing the work. So what can you share with us that will help us to inspire our own journeys and continue to, you know, grow our own internal success? Yeah, I think the in the beginning, when I first started, like the very first page, it talks about just starting where you are right? I think that is the hardest part for many of us because we feel like everything has to be figured out. Everything has to be perfect for us to start. And so I pretty much just said, start where you are. When I first started posting my Mindful Mondays, it was just, you know, I had a quote from Venus Williams about just, you know, just getting started. And so it's like, you don't know all the answers. You don't know what the next step is, but when you do it, then it becomes clear on what the next step is, or it becomes, it, it, it kind of motivates you, or it something happens when you just go ahead and, and take that first step. So it talks about that. It talks about, I always wanted to inspire other people, motivate other people, kind of show people that this is where I came from. And so you can, you can, you know, get to where you want to go as well. Like I started with, with no help, with nothing, you know, I'm talking about when I was, you know, a teen parent and stuff like that. And so just get started. And, and so, and this is what I wanted to share with the world and I'm sharing it with the world, right? I always want to, and I always, I used to model. Of course you did. <laughs> and I, I love was... taking pictures. So, so that's one of the things I started putting like my inspirational stuff out there and a picture of me. I'm living out my dream and my purpose. I'm inspiring people. Here's a picture of me. And I just started from there. And now I have a book where I can really kind of share that, you know, so that's one thing. And then the next one is the one that's right after that, where it says, don't worry about the outcome. At least don't worry, worry about it in a negative way. Like instead of thinking of the worst that could happen, think about the best thing that could happen. Right. We always look at look at things like, you know, it's not going to work out or we're used to hearing other people say that it's not going to work out because it didn't work out for them. Or you always hear people say, well, you know, they kind of just give you this negative energy. 
And no, think about what could happen. What's the best that could happen? Because that's what's going to motivate you to move forward and to keep moving forward if you look at it from a more positive perspective. And so then I, I think in that one, I don't know if I just, you know, pretty much asked, uh, oh, that's what I asked. Like, what's the, like, what is the thing that you want to do? What is the best thing that could happen? Write it down and come back to it because that's going to motivate you as you go along this journey when you have those moments of doubt or you have those moments of, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do next or, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little fear. It'll just, it'll, it'll bring you back to, but what if this happens? Oh, I'm really willing to take the risk of being vulnerable or I'm willing to take the risk of whatever risk I have to take because this is something that can happen and I want this to happen. So it kind of just, you know, helps you to get started and then to say, look at it from a positive perspective and that'll keep you going forward if you take the first step. Oh, boom. It's so good because we all have to remember or remind ourselves every day. We have a choice, right? We can be putting negativity into the universe. Or we yeah. can be putting positivity into the universe. Mm-hmm. That is our choice to own. Sure and is. so this reminder of like, let's keep putting positivity into our own lives and into the universe and contribute to that energy in the world, that's powerful. And that is where change is going to come from. Yes, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that. Do you have a do you have a copy of your book with you that you could hold up for those people who are yes. watching this? <laughs> Yay. And of course, another one of Vanetta's glam shots is on the cover. That is not the reason to Thank buy the you. book, but it's gonna look damn good sitting on your bookshelf or your coffee table because she is a gorgeous soul inside and Thank out. You. Um, yes, I always like I tell you this every time we get on, every time we're like on a video where I see you, I'm like, damn girl, like I cannot compete. <laughs> Life's not a competition. So that's so true. Yes. We bring our own, we bring our own beauty and soul beauty to me is way more important. And I love that you have both. That is so important. Thank you for that first. Thank you. But that, that brings me to another, you know, there's a quote that says, and this is one of my really, really favorite quotes because this happens to us so much. It says a flower does not think of competing to the flower next to it. It just blooms. And that's so important because what happens is that when you're on your journey and you start looking to the left or looking to the right to see what everyone else is doing and they're further ahead of you, you stumble. You start to feel unworthy. And that's when the doubt comes in because now you're comparing yourself to someone else. But the journey is different. The purpose is different. So we cannot do, we have to be really mindful of just focusing on what your goal is, what your purpose is, and keep moving forward. Look straight ahead. You can look to the side for motivation, but not to compare because that's when you begin to feel unworthy and you start to stumble. So that's very, very, very important. And it's something that I have to do too, you know, on a regular basis, like no Veneta, that's, you, you keep looking forward because this is your purpose. No one started where you started. No one has your story. No one is going to impact. Well, the other thing is, I was going to say no one impacts people that you impact, but my point that I really want to make is that there's people that you're supposed to impact, Shelly. There are people that I'm supposed to impact, and that's what happens, and that's why everyone's story is important because there are some people that I'm not going to be able to impact, and there's someone else that should be sharing their story to impact those people, so we all should be sharing our stories in a way that help other people. So. Mm. Mike drop. And yes, this is what I like to call ripples of impact. And this is why we are doing the work we're doing in the world and why we're having this conversation to invite 
our other, these other beautiful souls who are here with us to join us on this journey. And I, there's so many things I would love to talk to you about. And I'm, I'm sensitive that we don't have, that we don't have any more time. (laughs) No, I do. I would love one thought and and this isn't doing this justice. I actually, I want to say one thing and then, and then maybe just get your thought. I'd love to wrap it up. So we're, you and I are obviously having this conversation in, you know, it's the, toward the end of 2020 and we are in a time where, you know, realizing, you know, racial injustice and just social injustice that is coming to the forefront again, finally, thank you, right? Mm -hmm. And we are rebelling for that justice in the world. And I'm super committed to being a part of the solution and a partner and a co-conspirator in what that looks like in the future. But, you know, I'm sitting here having this conversation, thinking about your struggle, thinking about everything that you have pushed through and what the beauty that you have created in your life and that you're now sharing with the world. And I'm curious, what thoughts or, you know, maybe parting thought do you have of, you know, for me, as we're on this journey, and as I want to be a partner to you and other Black women and other Black humans, right, in in this fight, mm. what does that look like? And how can I slash we help and be the best, best partners possible? Yeah, I think you are helping, Shelly. I appreciate the opportunity to be on this podcast and have a conversation with you. When I first met you, it was powerful. You stood up and you talked about your book and I was just so inspired and I and I kind of connected at that moment. And so just this platform that you're allowing me and other people to have is, is wonderful. Your concern, your acknowledgement goes a long way. It's like, I think about, when I think about that, acknowledgement goes a long way because when when you're in a relationship with someone and a lot of relationships fail because their feelings or what they've experienced is not acknowledged or even validated. So you're in a relationship with someone and you say, I feel this way. And instead of someone saying, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, don't feel that way. You just say, you know what? I acknowledge that you feel that way. I may not understand it. If there's anything I can do to help you, then, you know, if we were able to do that in relationships, we would have so many more successful relationships. And it kind of goes back to you. The fact that you can acknowledge that there is social injustice because some people can't even acknowledge it. And that that's where that struggle comes in. That's where you're seeing, oh, we're going to have to fight for this because I know that it that it happens and you're trying to tell me that it doesn't. That's that conflict. But the fact that you're acknowledging it and, and you understand it, you know, because we have had conversations about it. I remember I was telling you that my son, I called him one day and he said he was doing DoorDash. And I'm like, no, you no, not at, not not at this time. You, I don't want you walking up to anyone's house or, you know, in anyone's community that don't know you. And a neighbor says, oh, I thought he looked like a criminal or whatever the case may be. No, you cannot do that right now. I love you, son. If you need anything, I'll have to just... And I want him to be independent, but at this point, I'm nervous because I know that this stuff happens. I've seen it. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I know how we get treated by police. Like, it's not a community, you know, community police and we get, a, you know, we respect them and they respect us. No, it's always been this thing between us. And so I don't, you know, I know all police are not like that. 
but I know that some are, and I'm scared of my son running to, into ones that aren't. So I feel it, I know it. And so I think just allowing people to share their stories and allowing them to, to speak about it so that other people can hear, because if you haven't been in that situation and you haven't been exposed to it, it's easy to say, well, that's not happening, you know, but you're not doing that. You haven't experienced it, but you're saying, how can I help? I may not understand it, but I know something is happening. How can I help? And I think that goes a long way. And I appreciate you for that. So the acknowledgement and just continuing to be involved. And no, thank you. I really appreciate your willingness to be a an ally. So yeah, thank you. And and I and I see you and you're right. I I, I can't even imagine that I've never experienced anything like mm-hmm. it. And having to have those kinds of conversations with your son, I mean, I just like that just strikes me in my core. Like I, it just makes me very sad that you have to have that conversation because that's the state of the world today. Yes. Or prevent him from having this incredible job and in his, you know, in his livelihood because somebody might mistake him for a criminal because of the, you know, the, the portraits that are painted these days. So thank you for sharing that with us too. And yeah, I'm going to continue to do my work and do my learning and, you know, continue to uncover my own biases. Mm. And I want to keep the conversation going. So one of the things I wanted to invite you, I interviewed a woman named Ione Butler. She's an actress and voiceover. She also has a brand new book out called Uplifting Stories. Mm published by the same imprint and she's biracial from Britain. And I just thought she and I started, we only scratched the surface of talking about this at the end of our interview. And she Mm -hmm. said, why don't you do a, why don't you do a special episode where you have a panel of us who have very different experience. And so I would love to invite you to be a part of that panel. I haven't scheduled it yet, but I'm really like, I'm literally looking down. It's one of my notes and commitments to do hopefully before the end of this year. So I would love to have you on for a deeper conversation. Absolutely. And thank you for thinking of me. Yes. I would yeah. love that. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So to to be continued, more to come on that. In the meantime, now that everybody's fallen madly in love with you, where <laughs> can they find you and where can they buy your book? Okay. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook under Vanetta Wade. So under my name, Vanetta Wade, you'll have the, the spelling of it. Should I spell yeah. it? No, no, no. We'll, we'll put okay, everything in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then also you can order the book from Amazon or you can order it from my website. The name of my website is achievingyourpurpose.com. And so there you can learn a little bit more about my journey. And then that's why I'm offering coaching services. And then also there's a link where you can order my book. And if you want a signed copy of the book, I, you or definitely, definitely order it from the website. And then if you want a special note, there's a, an area where you can say what you, who you want to address to or something like that. So achievingyourpurpose.com. And then I'm on um, as Vanetta Wade on social media. That's awesome. I love that idea of being it's like having like a special little note that you can order. Yeah. I haven't thought about that. I don't even sell yeah. my books on my website. I need to Oh, I'm going to borrow some of those ideas. They're <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, we learn from one another. <laughs> yeah, thank you for yeah. the inspiration. All right, yeah. Everett, thanks everybody for tuning in. Vanetta, thank you again. You truly are gorgeous inside and out oh. and there have been so many nuggets of wisdom here. I'm learning from you. 
every day. And I'm glad we're on this journey together. And, you know, I'm liberating a billion souls with everybody, you know, alongside you and alongside so many of my beautiful listeners. And you, my friend, are going to be impacting many, many, many more than tens of thousands of people. Thank you. Owning that. And let's keep showing up up as our future selves every day. Yes, I love it. And thank you for the reminder. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Thank you for joining me and for everyone listening in. Thanks. And thanks, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, rebel love to everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Rebel. Thanks for listening. If you were inspired by what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review so our fellow Rebel souls can find us. We have big work to do together. And if you want to dive deeper, head on over to my website at soulbatical.com and follow me at soulbatical on Instagram. Until next time, stay bold, brave, and badass, and never stop asking, what am I rebelling for?